Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I'm your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is for Florida State fans. I am not a journal journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me and my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is November 25th, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm pretty much in off-season mode. I'm just going to be honest about it. Um, I didn't... When we came into this season, I wasn't anticipating a like undefeated season and going to the playoff or... or ACC championship those goals were were not realistic at all but I thought we could be at least like four and four at this point or you know five and three or something like that um I knew we wasn't going to beat Miami I knew we wasn't going to beat Clemson all right but I, I thought every other game on the schedule we had a chance and you know, we just this is my opening opening monologue. This isn't a, this is not a segment. Um I just thought we we would come out and play with a little bit more you know, just intensity. Um I I was on uh Instagram and um uh, one of the uh, Florida State. It's not. I don't think they're affiliated with Florida State, but it's like a Florida State football page or profile. And they they uh it, they had Bryant McFadden, uh, a uh, former Florida State cornerback, and Jimbo Fisher talking, and they were talking about Lamarcus Joyner, and they showed a clip of. LaMarcus Joyner blitzing. He missed on the blitz. He got up. He chased the play down. He missed on the play again. He got up again. He started running again. Made the tackle. And this was against Idaho. Um, Florida State won that game 80-14. to 14, But that play is what Florida State used to be. That's that's what we used to be about. Those type of effort players. Effort plays. And we haven't had a LaMarcus Joyner in a long time. Nobody I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to go on a limb and say maybe with the exception of Jordan Travis I feel like he goes out there and really puts everything on the line to try to win these games. I I really feel like he does. Um, you you just don't see a lot of those guys on our team, and we used to, you know, the two the 2013 national championship team. It wasn't like a, it, it, you know, we didn't have like a dominating defense we had a pretty good defense we had a pretty good offense and when they came together they played great football you know I don't think we were dominant on either side of the ball that year 
Um, we got lucky in a few games, even the national championship. Uh, we had a once-in-a-generation quarterback. And, you know, I just wish that it's not a button you can flip to get back to that type of team. But, I, boy, I wish it was. So, that's my little opening monologue. So, let me get into these segments. Uh, a four-way battle, quarterback battle, looms in the offseason. I, I think it does. I think if, <clears throat> excuse me, if I have to rank the quarterbacks right now, I would say Jordan Travis is in first, Chubba Purdy, Tate Rotomaker, and if we get Luke Altemeyer, he would be fourth, but if he's an early enrollee, he could move up real fast. So I think we're we're good at quarterback. You know, unless you can get some kind of graduate transfer guy that was pretty good, that just wants a new outlook on things, a new environment, then, you know, but don't go get like a Alex Hornibrook. <laughs> don't bring that kind of guy here. Um, or maybe you could find a guy that's like been a, a backup his whole collegiate career, but is a good locker room guy. That can just be a voice in the in the quarterback room, okay. But it's it's gonna be real interesting to see how that goes in the next couple months. Um, I think Jordan Travis needs to just improve on his passing footwork. He needs to improve on his throwing motion. He needs to improve on his accuracy and just um, but it's kind of hard to do all that stuff when you're running for your life in the pocket. So, (laughs) you know, the offensive line obviously has to be improved, which basically um, is the next segment, which is entitled, Can the Offensive Line Be Fixed in One Offseason? It depends on the type of guys you get. And the type of coaching they get. And the type of work they putting in in the weight room. Um, you know, Florida State has to turn into a year-round program where guys lift weights year-round. You can't just show up in, you know, August and lift weights. You know, the, the off-season starts next month. And you got to start lifting in. And you got to live from December all the way to next August or September, whenever the season starts. You got to put in that work. You know, if you're trying to make it to the NFL or if you're trying to be, you're trying to push this uh, Florida State team to be all it can be, you got to put in the work. Um, I, I don't remember seeing Lloyd. I watched the NC State tape from the other week. I don't remember seeing Lloyd Ellis. What's his name? Big number 70. This the guy that's 6'7. I forget his name. I don't wanna I don't wanna uh let me look at the depth chart, man. Give me a second here. Looking that up. Lloyd Willis. <laughs> I said Lloyd Ellis. 
His name is Lloyd Willis, offensive tackle, 6'7", 310. I want to see that guy play, man. Um, I just want to see what he can do. Um, I don't think Darius Washington is an offensive tackle. I think he's more of a guard. Um, so, you know, you got some stuff that you're going to have to play with, uh, in the off season to see if, uh, you know, you can get the right combination of guys on that offensive line plus the new recruits. And this is where we are now in terms of Florida State. You know, our offensive line has never really been great. I think you had a a once-in-a-generation running back that masked a lot of problems that we had on the offensive line. And defenses um, respected his play action so much. You know, once he left, they just teed off on the offensive line, and, you know, we've been downhill ever since. Um, So let me know what you think about that segment. All right? Opposite. Can the defensive line be fixed in one offseason? Joshua Kando is a red shirt junior. Janoris. Janoris. Is it Janoris or Janarius? Well, whatever. He's a red shirt senior, but he could come back for a six-year if he wanted to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, assuming that you can get either Robinson or Warner to stay, and Kando comes back, Kando should come back. Okay, or Josh Griffiths or. McClendon or one some of these defensive ends step up. All right. Uh pretty much everybody in the defensive tackle room are either sophomores or juniors. So you you're pretty set there. Um but we don't we don't have a guy that can just get to the quarterback. Uh, we just don't. And it just seems like Kando has been there forever, dude. So, I mean, Robinson's been there. This will be his fifth year. I mean, if you can – I'm afraid if Janoris Robinson comes out, he's not going to get drafted. So, if you can get another year of free training, you know, why wouldn't you do that? Um you got some guys coming in next year. Um, I like Griffiths. Um, he he plays with. He needs to get stronger, but he he has the type of attitude that I like. He just refuses to be blocked. Um, 
Um, then you you had that defensive tackle Manny Rogers. Um, he had to go to community college or something because his grades were not good. Um, so maybe he can come in and be a factor next season. Um, but you know, I I made these two segments just to to we're we're good everywhere else. You know, we've got good linebackers. We've got good DBs. You know, we've got good wide receivers. We've got good running backs. We've got okay quarterbacks. They just need to get, you know, more experience. But the essence of football, where it begins and ends, is in the trenches. And if we can't win in the trenches, we're not going to win a lot of games. That's basically where we're losing games. Is in the trenches. So. Um, we just need to. Uh, improve in those areas. And. Um, I think. We we can take off. We can get back to. At least some sense of normalcy. Winning eight nine games a year. I mean I was way off with my prediction. I, I just thought. I just thought the defense would be a hell of a lot better than what it was. I really did. I with some of the names we have on the, on that paper, but that just tell you names don't mean nothing. Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. Um, next segment: only the elite programs hit gold, gold in the transfer transfer portal. So, Florida State's not gonna get a Justin Fields. Okay, <laughs> I mean he is the 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 gold G O L D of gold standards in the transfer portal. We're not gonna get a guy like him. Okay, right now we're gonna get like the Alex Hornybrooks of the world, and you know I I bring this one up because you know I heard um, the coach Mike Norvell saying that you you know we're going to be active in the transfer portal but you don't you don't get a lot of great guys if if they're really good they're they're probably not transferring okay and like I said when you have somebody like Justin Fields he's pretty much he pretty much knows where he's going when he gets in the portal he's probably had talks with with you know whomever somebody of his caliber he's already pretty much said okay i know where i'm going ohio state i don't need to talk to anybody okay um so it is what it is um you know i'm not really a guy that likes to have revisionist history i don't like to go back in time and talk about what your program did in the past that's what Miami does you know that's what that's what the Hurricanes do they talk about the 80s you know five rings 30 years ago 40 years ago you know Florida State fans we don't do that we live right now we and you have to embrace right now we suck okay and it's because of the administration and the boosters period for not you know, keeping up with other programs, being cheap, thinking that you could keep winning. I mean, winning that national championship in 2013 was a blessing and a curse because 
it, it 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 told the boosters that we don't need to do what other programs are doing. We can just keep doing what we're doing and get the caliber guys. And Jimbo saw what Clemson was building. You know, Jimbo saw what other teams and other college teams in the southeast were doing. And he was basically saying, yo, if if I'm going to go in these living rooms and compete for these players with other schools, I got to have some ammunition. And, you know, he grew frustrated. He he tried to leverage other jobs to get Florida. He I don't think he really wanted to leave Florida State. That's just my opinion. So I, I'm off on a tangent, but, you know, like I said, I don't like to have revisionist history. So, um, final segment for this episode, man. Um, unless Florida State finds a private investor or starts a fan booster program, we won't be elite again. And maybe they do have a fan booster program. I don't know. Um, like Clemson has the their their fan booster program, IPTE or whatever it's called. I think I don't know. Um, you know, money, money rules the day, man. I mean, it, you a lot of people don't want to hear that money rules the day. These five stars and these four stars, they, they want to get paid and I don't blame them. I said throughout this podcast, I felt like if I'm a big time high school football player and you want me to come to your program. Hey, drop me a couple hundred thousand, man. Because I feel like you don't think Trevor Lawrence has brought in money to Clemson. Right? You don't think that. um, Who am I thinking about? Um, Some other big time college football players this year. Uh, I really can't think of anybody right at this second. Um. You don't think uh, just some of the kids down in Alabama has brought in money for that program? Not this year because of COVID, but just in years past, you don't think they deserve a little piece of that, um, you know, pie or whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, Florida State has to get with the times. And that's that's really it. You know, I think you, you know, I don't think this year in particular, you can go out asking fans for money because of the COVID situation. But I think it would definitely be in their best interest to try to set up some kind of program where, you know, the fans could contribute. I mean, it, it can only help. Um, But. You know, if you if you're trying to rebuild this program with three stars, I mean, it's going to be a while. It's going to be two or two or three years before Florida State is back to just relevant football. Um, whereas you could probably plug in a five star and, and, you know, on the offensive line and get immediate results. I mean, they're a five star for a reason. So um, it is what it is, man. Um that concludes this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It's available on YouTube. It's available on all podcast platforms. Thank you for listening again. Um, please wear a mask. Please social distance. Please be aware of your surroundings. 
Please do your research on flu and respiratory viruses. Please do your research on vitamins. And as always, go nose. <laughs>